This podcast is sponsored by CDO Group, the industry leader providing a full range of construction and project management services. CDO Group has managed thousands of projects in all 50 states. Their group of experts provide systems, processes, and procedures to make sure that your projects turn over on time and on budget every single time. With over 24 years of experience, CDO Group is the industry's leader in construction management and general contracting services. To find them, go to cdogroup.com. Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. If you like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make Hi, sure you hit the welcome to the bell. Future of Development Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montategi, and today I've got Canyon Delamo with Worker Sense, really giving you insight on product production, health and safety, and data demographics of your job sites. You're going to love this. Stick around. Welcome to the show. Excited about having you on today. Uh, you know, I get, uh, I hear that you're from Duke University and uh, you've created some cool products and I want to get into all of that today. Uh, it's, it's very true. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I started a, a wearable technology company out of my dorm room sophomore year, uh, which is, uh, I don't know, I, I hear that's highly recommended. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I just, uh, you know, I always have had a passion for technology and, and its usage to particularly, you know, un- understand the human body, the human experience. Um, and, you know, without necessarily a construction background, kind of made my way over there. Uh, I've learned so much about, you know, construction and neighboring verticals and, and you know, very luckily I've been having a lot of success with with what we we built out. You know, before I get into all that cool stuff and I really like, like I, we're going to get into that really in depth, you know, how did you uh, start to come up with this idea? Where, where did, you know, let's go a little bit back more on, on candy. Where, where did kind of your path to getting here? So I, I started studying, uh, it's, it's a major called biomedical engineering. I'm going to abbreviate that as BME for the sake of uh, brevity here. Um, started studying BME, um, which, which is, you know, obviously a combination of understanding biosciences with also understanding engineering and development on that front, um, which, you know, I, I, like I said, have a huge passion for, um, but what I guess may not be super surprising is that it's a, it's a pretty dry <laughs> curriculum for the first uh, couple of years. Uh, and then, you know, kind of later on, maybe third or fourth year in your undergraduate, you get, you get nitty gritty and hands-on with, with the engineering side of things. And, Oh, that, that just that didn't really work for me. Uh, I, I feel like I, I always had like kind of random ideas for for little hardware development opportunities, little little gadgets that you know I, I would think about and say, hey, this would be cool to make. And so uh, I, I just started. There's there this group on campus that, that was funded by Duke called the Innovation Collab, um, and they they had a little maker space with like 3D printers, uh, fabrication tools, and whatnot, uh, things to you know, solder, do electrical prototyping. But they also gave out just small, no strings attached grants, and so I'd just be I'd just be pitching them on on whatever kind of came to mind, <laughs> and uh, finally got one, uh, which was, uh, was this little wrist wearable with uh, interchangeable sensors uh, that you know I ended up prototyping. Wait, hold on, hold on. So was this every Friday night before you went out drinking, you, you pitch them a new idea? Is this- Yeah, just to get it out of the way. <laughs> so you get some beer money or, or was this like, you know, hey, yeah, sorry, I didn't get much done. No, how did that, so, so you pitch them the idea. How does that, uh, so, and now you start your first wearable. So talk about that one again, sorry. Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I, I learned about, I, I don't know how, how deep into, into, you know, actual hardware development we want to get, but there's, you know, I, I learned about it. it's it's called I2C protocol, um, which is which is how little digital sensors talk to 
a microcontroller and like it's it's super super simple um and so i, I saw that and you know thought yeah, it'd be great to have kind of interchangeable sensors that you could clip in clip off depending on what you need the wearable to track uh you can just you know swap that around and maybe i wanted to track temperature and humidity today maybe i wanted to track my motion tomorrow and i, I thought that was a super interesting concept and i guess the, i mean they, they thought it was mildly interesting i guess uh and so i think that netted a like a 500 uh grant nothing like nothing crazy um and so ended up prototyping that. And uh, I, I mean, it worked, it, it worked well. And it, it pointed me towards particularly like industrial HSE applications, which is really weird to, to go from that to that, that abruptly, but I rooted in not a lot of interest in consumer applications. And a lot of the sensors that I was fooling around with were health and safety related. And, you know, if you kind of just take a second to think about where we struggle with health and safety, you go towards these more industrial arenas where you have construction and manufacturing that see crazy rates of fatal and non-fatal injuries. And it's like, hey, let's let's see if I can do something to actively address that. So I, I mean that's where that's where things kind of started and then you know went went down the rabbit hole of construction in particular. You, you know, I, I think that's underestimated, right? The value of just getting started, right? The yeah. the stepping into it. And this is something that I, I want us to really communicate well to. I, I want that young entrepreneur that's sitting in his dorm room or her dorm room and has an idea, right? This is the probably the most magical thing about being a creator is that the the hardest part is getting from the sitting on your couch with the idea or sitting in your, your chair with the idea and actually taking the first step, right? You're not gonna get the whole thing figured out. It's, but you have to step and try something, right? And, and maybe figure out a part of it, a component of it. You start to, you get in the field of understanding, you know, like you did here, you started to understand the modules that were later on going to, you know, create the product you have today, right? The, the wearables that you have today would not have got started had you not taken that first step and gone in that innovation lab, right? And you, and you start, you start there. And that really is the inspiration I hope that people will pick up. You know, every single person that I talk to, every single one of them has that that exact same thing. They they had an inspiration. They took a step. It didn't get solved. In fact, a lot of them have ups and downs and failures, right? You, you take a step and you figure, but in every one of those things, you know, uh, if, if, if you can fail falling forward, right? And you kind of figure out at least a part of it, the next time you start up, the next thing you move forward seems to go a little bit better, a little bit further. It may not get the whole way, but you now have, you know, and I, I've certainly looked at all the companies that I've built throughout my my life from, from the car polishing, car detailing businesses I did as a kid or the painting companies I had as my first construction companies. My, my you know, really, as I look back at all of those, they were the steps that really created what I get to have today, right? All the, all the great companies, all the great businesses that we get to run around the world. It's, all happening because of, uh, you know, those small, uh, you know, ups and downs of failures and, and, and trying the blood, sweat and tears really forced me to get a little bit smarter about the next thing that I did. And you bring those into that, right? So, so now you get into your, you're at Duke, you're in your, your dorm room. You've, you've, you started tinkering with a couple of wearables and, yeah. uh, where'd you go from there? Well, I, I mean, just, just touching on the, on the previous thing you said, like, I, I do want to underscore that. I, I think, you know, especially in a college setting, I just generally think in life, like the earlier you can fail, the better. Um, you know, obviously, you know, if you right now today mess something up royally, the the consequences of that would be significantly higher than you know, nineteen year old Canyon uh, sophomore year. 
uh, you're, you, you mess something up, guess what? You're, you're still a college student doing what you were there to do. And so I, I, I think, you know, when it comes to building something like this and, and you know, when people ask me, you know, like, how did you come up with this? It's never, it's not like a single aha moment. Like I know that happens for people, but it's very much this iterative journey that, you know, I, I, I feel very strongly about because I think that you know, repetitive failure, if you will, that it, it cultivates this very strong sense of trust in yourself long-term where, you know, you, you just collect such a strong, dense data set of, you know, things you've done and, and how it played out. And so, you know, now I, I feel like when I go to make a decision, I, I just have a lot more confidence in what that is and confidence in myself making that. Um, and it, it was always funny to me, like, being in kind of the, the entrepreneurial side of Duke and having, you know, a lot of advisory resources to talk to. And, uh, you know, I, I think you can get caught up as a young entrepreneur asking almost too many questions uh, and, and instead of just doing and like, you know, the reason on our first call when I was like, oh, how do you know Howard? So uh, Howard Lerman, who's the founder and CEO of Yext, uh, started it also at Duke undergraduate, now public company doing amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I met him a couple times, talked to him through like our entrepreneurship events. And it was really, it's still like my favorite piece of advice I've ever gotten because I, I think like after the second time we had a conversation, like I, I sent him an email with literally like 10 or 15 questions, just like one, two, three, four, five, just like about everything that I was doing. And the guy replies with six words. And I still don't know if it's just him not wanting to talk to me or if he genuinely thought this was the best advice, but he, he just said, you know, it's your company, my founder friend. And I, that was a very transformative moment for me that, you know, just kind of compounded on all of the successes and failures that, you know, I was having on a daily basis. It's that, you know, this is at the end of the day, you know, you're at the helm of this. No one really knows how entrepreneurship, you know, optimally works. You look at even like big VCs, for instance, that, you know, you get a big VC partner that goes and sits on a panel, but like at the end of the day, VCs work because, you know, a few of their bets take off and the rest, you know, like no one, no one knows what's going on. And so I, I just, yeah, not to, not to be too redundant, but I just think the earlier, the earlier you can get started, the earlier you can start to find kind of your own path and what you want to do. I think that's super, super productive. And really, I, I say to you that not knowing what to do is the magic Right. Yeah. As soon as like at my age where I'm at in business, you know, I know too much. And, and honestly, it becomes you start to play defensively. Right. You start yeah. to play. All right. I don't want to lose what I've what I've gained. Right. And instead of the where you're at right now, it's not knowing you can't do something or not knowing the com competitors are out there doing something similar, you know, because all it takes to beat the competitors. You could be building, you guys could be on the same exact track, building the exact same pr product, but you make a right instead of their left and at the exact right moment and not knowing that you couldn't do that was the differentiating factor uh, that's, that becomes the 10 times multiple, right? It becomes the, the item that really starts to look at and go, that was it. It, it. They, and had I sat there and watched what they were doing the entire time, I would have mimicked what they were doing and not yeah. knowing that, really, really standing out and going, look, I see a problem. And here's how I'm going to try to solve that problem in your own way, right? Not, and not having all the systems put together really is the genius behind the, the, the whole game. And I think that that's why we're built the way we are. We're built to really continue to, to you know, not just keep, you know, do the same thing over and over again. Although I, I see people do that, especially as they get older and it becomes very repetitive and their creative side shuts down. Right, while you're and they go in the defense mode, like like I have in, in some in some respects. Now I challenge myself every day to go through that and go stop, 
Stop that. Take another step. You know, uh, turn on. You know, uh, th this last couple of uh, this last couple of, of months has really, really challenged. COVID was a great time for me to go out and, and, and do that. And, and young entrepreneurs, that you don't have that risk. You're in a dorm room. Like I love yeah. what you said. I, I have nothing to lose. Go, go for it. Try ten different ideas. I, try no. Go for a hundred different ideas, and and one of them will go. But you'll learn through every single uh, part of that, which. That's the magic. That's the gold right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the it's, it's a Henry Ford quote. I, I'm looking for for men who have an infinite capacity to not know what can't be done. I, I think that's I think that's extremely powerful. And I, I think there's I think there's an arrogance to it. Don't get me wrong. As far as you know, being someone that you know, take me for instance, a 19 year old that's never set foot on a construction site, saying, "Hey, I'm gonna." I'm going to wake up today and change the construction industry. Like, like that's arrogant, but it's also, it's freeing in a sense. And I, I just, it's exciting. Well, and, and there, you know, what I should know and what I'm supposed to, no, look, being in that whiteboard, it's a whiteboard, right? You have complete, uh, now, now you go out there and you start creating products and you'll go up and get some resistance and you're going to go through some of that and some of that learning will come, but being, having the whiteboard to create without the knowing I have to do it this way, really does open up having, uh, you know, infinite ideas that are brought to the table, right? And ultimately, great leadership is about solving problems where an answer didn't exist, right? Great leadership is solving and really creating, bringing all the possibilities of the world to an idea, to a solution where a solution didn't exist before. And that's, to me, the innovative the creator, the great leadership that people are looking for, you know, look, managers do what they're supposed to do, right? There's a system in place and they keep doing that and they just try to refine doing that well. Great leadership in an idea or breakthrough ideas, take finding a problem and solving it where, 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 where there wasn't an idea before. And now I start to really exploit that. And I think that's, uh, that's a genius of not knowing is it's, it's in that, it's in that spot right there. So now you get into, uh, uh, your, you start doing some of these small projects and you get into, where do you get your first wearable product tomorrow? How do you get it to the field? What's the, where's the first place to go to do that? Uh, so, uh, so I mean, obviously we would continue to, you know, iterate on it in a, in a controlled environment. You know, I, I, I figured out the door code to one of the electrical engineering labs, uh, you know, went through a lot of prototypes on that front. Yeah. Believe it or not, you can take the class, get the door code and then drop the class. Um, so if anyone out there needs a, a, a pro tip on that front. Um, but so, you know, went through a couple kind of in-house prototypes like that. And then, you know, it's like, all right, this is starting to materialize. I need to like actually get this on a construction site, see how it behaves, see, you know, go from there. That's the next logical step. And so uh, Duke was doing a lot of, I mean, Duke's always doing a lot of construction on campus. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, maybe I can, I can kind of shoehorn my way into one of these projects. And I, I actually happened to find a, uh, a Duke alum who was a project manager at Gilbane, who was uh, running the, it was the, the health and wellness center that they were building, um, like actually right next to my dorm, which was kind of funny. Uh, and so I, I reached out to her on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, uh, you know, this is probably kind of random, but I, I'm making these little sensors, uh, interested in construction applications, would love to you know, test a few out on your job site. And um, she, she said yes, if she didn't, uh, who knows where worker sense would be. So shout out to her. Um, but the, the caveat was, you know, she's basically just gave me permission to do that. Uh, no, no assistance there. Just, Hey, you can have access to the job site. Uh, we're not going to mandate this. We're not going to, you know, tell people to wear it. Like you can just give these out. And if people say no, they say no. And so I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll take that challenge. Uh, I think it was like 30 sensors that I, I, I hand soldered in my dorm room. 
funny, funny story on that. Gilbane wanted, I, I, I don't even know why I asked them because I got the, I got all of the like plastic enclosures 3D printed and they're just in like standard white plastic filament. And I, I don't know why at the time I replied, just like super amped up about this opportunity. I'm just like, what color do you want the sensors? And they're like, how about red? And I'm like, oh, okay. I just printed all of these in white. So I actually, <laughs> I spray painted all of these in uh, the, this this underground like maker space called the Foundry on campus. And I didn't realize that in the process of spray painting all 30 of these sensors, I had dusted the entire like 5,000 square foot space in very fine red spray paint dust. This like multi-million dollar facility that like, I got, I got a very, a very frustrated email from the, from the manager of that space after. And I, I cleaned, I cleaned all of it up, but, um, but yeah, but <laughs> just sidebar there. But yeah, so I, I brought, I brought them to site. Uh, these were, these were super, super rudimentary. Like I said, hand soldered. They had no um, exposed charging connectors. Uh, they stored all the data just like inside on a micro SD card. So I would bring them to the site every morning before class, hand them all out, come back at the end of the day, grab all of them, cart them back to my dorm room, open all of them up, plug all the batteries in, dump all the SD cards to my laptop. It was a very fun uh, several weeks. But you know what? What I always really try to underscore in that anecdote was the actual kind of distribution process every day. Uh, because like I said, they, there was no there was no motivation for Gilbane to help me with that. It was very much just like, do whatever you want. So, you know, every single sensor that went out, I, I had a conversation with that worker about, you know, what the sensor was doing, why they should participate, how this was respectful to their privacy and their information. And, you know, obviously you know, a 19 year old kid that has nothing to do with Gilbane on the job site, like that's, that's already kind of a, an uphill conversation. And I, I just, as a fact, all 30 sensors went out every single day. And I, I think from day one, uh, having that obligation to have a very trusting, open and honest relationship with the workers actually wearing your wearables was very transformative long term. And I think still influencing how we build our ecosystem today on this, you know, the treatment of digital transparency as bi-directional. And by that, I mean, right. data that comes off of our sensors is not just for the employer. It also is, you know, it, it's expected to have some sort of tangible value for the workers that are actually wearing them. And I think that's the only way that you can really successfully get away with implementing wearables within the workforce. Well, I, I think that what, what people always wonder, like, oh my God, is Big Brother watching me? If I, if I have a wearable. Now, what people don't realize is that our business, the construction industry, is the hardest working industry out there. I mean, I, if you look around all these amazing cities, all these amazing uh, towns, city, roads, everything we have, we're, we're made by amazing construction workers and they work, this business works very, very hard. Now look, there's gonna be some folks out there that don't wanna wear the wearables or don't want, but those are usually the ones that, you know, aren't, 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 aren't producing much, right? They're, they're kind of trying to hide. And I don't find that most of this business is really built by really strong working, amazing folks who are, who are doing, uh, you know, who are leaps and bounds and want to show off what they do, right? They want to show off the hard work that they're they're doing and, and the amazing stuff that they're creating. And, you know, I think that that's where creating that two-way data, commu that communication piece and starting with that, right? You know, you standing there on the job site going, hey, could you wear this? And here's why. Right. I think that ultimately starts your whole behavior. Right. And it starts to shape the company that you're building and it will continue to do that. Right. Because you've seen them. You, you've looked them in the eye and you know what they're concerned about. And you're not just in a lab doing that. You're literally there 
look him in the eye and going, hey, I'd like you to do this and here's why we'd like to do that. And you're hearing back yeah. from them what their concerns are. And I think that you continue to do that throughout the history of the company. You will continue to be as successful as you are now. It's, it's you know, you're getting, you're getting there and uh, it's, it's amazing. So, so now you've got, uh, you've got a system. You're, you're collecting data. Now, as you start to collect this data, is there anything that you have when you're creating the data that you didn't expect? Yeah, I, I mean, just a lot of, uh, particularly coming out from from the Gilbane, if you want to call it a pilot, I think that's a, that's a pretty generous term for it, uh, but a, a critical understanding of activity and, and actual production that I wasn't expecting to get out of a wearable. Um, I, I think, you know, not, not just in that experience, but more and more, you know, we've been looking looking for certain data sets and getting them. But then, like you said, discovering these other things, whether, you know, it's that uh, very early on moment with Gilbane where you know, I say, hey, you can actually kind of understand what people are doing through this data. We would see very distinct motion patterns across different trades. Uh, and you could start to actually understand what people were doing, where they were doing it, when they were doing it. Um, and, you know, that that starts then, that continues through now where you, know, you look at things like uh, wellness and kind of the, the intensity of experience uh, across a shift. You look at situational awareness. That was actually my senior year uh, research project at Duke where I, I it was actually data from the Gilbane pilot, looked at situational awareness, which was horizontal and vertical headpans throughout the day tied to fatigue and how that actually quantitatively reduced as workers were getting more tired. And now that's getting applied today with, with, the, with the joint pilot that uh, is with a heavy machinery manufacturer that, you know, making sure that workers who are nearby operating equipment are paying attention to it. And so, uh, it, and that, you know, it, it continues to tie back to this core thing of just, just doing it and then finding out as you go where, where the new value is. Well, I, I think that's exactly the new value, right? What, what you didn't expect, I think that's one of the most amazing parts of, of cre being a creator, right? Being in that entrepreneur space where you're creating these new ideas, this new wearable, right? And you start to look at, you know, what you thought you were going to get is one thing, right? What really gets, it starts to multiply it. And from there, once you start the process, once you step into it, right? People are always looking, you know, do I have to have it all solved before I get started? No, just step, literally step. You have an idea, step, take the step. And in the step, the idea gets created. And the more you think about it, when you stand there with, with the worker and you're talking about, uh, you know, hey, why, why we're doing this and what you're up to and the work that you're doing, in that conversation, it gets more developed. Every single night yeah. when you go home and have to open it up, download the SD card, recharge it, more information gets about how I should impact, how it should be chargeable, how it can make this ease of use so that it's easily adaptable. Every single time you download the information, you start to collect, you start to notice all of the parts of the data that you didn't even expect, to, you know, the formats or the formulas you didn't expect to see and, and no. how there may be other opportunities that come out of that uh, every, every single download, every single time you do it. And I think that's, again, another thing to really communicate is that just because you started here, don't expect that that's where you're going to end up. The, the, the path starts to wiggle a little bit, uh, meander a little bit as, as more ideas get created. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just finding good things either. I mean, I, I you know, I, when, the, when this pilot concluded, I, I put together this, this report that was, you know, very much inspired by my, my engineering lab reports, uh, you know, in class and you know, a lot of pretty graphs, uh, you know, very like complex analytics, uh, a very detailed verbose report on it. I, I printed out like five copies, brought them over to the project trailer, and, you know, started handing them out to everyone in the project office and just, 
you know, people flip through and just just look at me and this like that I you know this is not worth my time to go through this. Like I'm sure it's interesting, but uh, at the end of the day, that that's not that's not how you get information to me. And, and so you know, I, that was that was very transformative for me as well. And, and so yeah, just just ties into you have your wins, you have your losses, and it, you just average them and keep moving forward. And I think that that's you know. Uh... You know, each each you know different group that I have on the show, they're building a different silo part of the business, right? So now yes. you've got one group that works on on technology for bidding, right? As we look at, at, at bidding, and another group is going before that working on design, right? They're working on technologies for design. Then you got the group that works on bidding, right? Then you got the people that would manage the job site and scheduling and communicating the schedule. Now you're working on something that's actually supporting the 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 activity that's happening, actual activity. So really starting to dial into real scenario, not not just uh, projected, right? Not not reported, but actually live data that's taking place. Here's how many people I have on site. Here's what they're doing and producing, right? And yeah. starting to look at that and as you continue to get deeper into that 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 portal, right? You know, uh, I, I think there's this natural thing to look over and go, what, what, what should I be doing? I think that what you're doing right now, this worker sense is such a dynamic product and understanding the actual job site, uh, construction worker and what is going on with their path of travel, how they're doing on the job site, how their health and, and, and concerns are and having that, uh, that, that piece that, uh, uh, supports, gathering that information there is in lies a silo that that will get exploited as the rest of this the rest of this technology goes so in your work you know somewhere someone will gobble you up and and bring you on to a much bigger platform you can you can see that you can see how a wearable uh you know a group like hilti or another a big outfit out there that you know is, that's in massive amounts of construction projects really starts to look at uh, a brand like you that's you know innovative right you you're innovated and now you can really have a big playground to play in right now you get some real dollars to, to grow and I, I think it's, it's I think it's exciting uh, as, as you talk and I can really see uh, where you, you've developed now and 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 you know that that path in front of you looks pretty pretty darn bright I, I appreciate it I, I mean it's about you know you mentioned you mentioned bidding you mentioned scheduling I, I think at the end of the day the success particularly as it correlates to the construction industry the success of all these platforms is, is they're they're rooting in digital transparency um I, I think construction can be very be a very uh blind environment within the hierarchies on a project and you know the more comfortable you are sharing information throughout that hierarchy the, the more successful the delivery will be and so when you look at worker sense you know we're, we're on a mission to bring this digital transparency to the 12 trillion dollar skilled labor market and you know, I, we believe that the answers to a lot of these very complicated questions, uh, things that you know, relate to health and safety, relate to productivity, relate to efficiency, quality, whatever you want to categorize them as, these answers exist at you know, the base of the pyramid. They exist in the workforce and it's a matter of having some sort of mechanism to effectively and efficiency extract them. And for us, you know, that vehicle right now is a wearable sensor. And what, what I think, you know, is highly, highly compelling about, you know, where we are now at the start of 2022 is it's not just this, this real-time project-specific management system. That brings a ton of value, don't get me wrong. You know, the things you mentioned as far as, you know, time and motion analysis, understanding crew dynamics, having the ability to do very precise access control in field, these things are very beneficial to the project team. But what we've 
also been finding is that this digital transparency can deliver value off the project on you know the corporate development side for our clients where at the end of 2021 we started to enable our clients to share our data with their clients and what we found is that that digital transparency that they're starting to bake into their brand it's netting them uh, in, in some cases three to five percent more on their work but then also just making them more competitive in the marketplace and, and winning bigger projects, winning more projects. And I don't want to go over that too fast. Let's back sure. up a second because this is, I think this is a huge uh, conversation. I would not have expected that out of the product. So, so now the companies that are using your product are able yeah. to communicate to their clients, right? Their, their clients, the job site activities that are happening and showing that activity. Correct. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you can, you can describe it as, you know, digital assurance, if you will. Um, and so, you know, the, there are labor providers, for instance, that we work with that use our technology to effectively manage their dispersed crews on these big projects, but then pass that data along to their client who hired them and said, Hey, here's where all our people are. Here's how many we brought to the job site as expected. Here's exactly what they're doing. And it, it, it's a more transparent experience and makes their client feel more comfortable hiring a workforce at that scale and it helps them retain that client and want them want that client to hire more in the future i, I think that's exactly what here i would not have expected that data to come out of there and and look it, you know that's exactly what happens in the field we put together these great schedules and then we send them off to the world and then there's this like blind spot until yeah. someone could communicate back in a weekly report or you know a couple of times a meeting you know, into the next meeting or the next communication tool that i get I can't really see that well, or maybe it's the end of the day. And sometimes that's even too late, right? To see, to be able to see that, but watching it live, what's happening, yeah. that's that there, you've, 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 you've taken the mystery out of uh, the dark, the darkness in, on the job site. Well, and, and you know, it's not even a matter like for, for our client's client, it's not even a matter of watching it live. Um, you know, like consider, uh, like, like package tracking. Package tracking was invented by FedEx back in, I think, like the 80s or 90s. Um, and, you know, that was a system that they had internally built to manage their own logistics. And someone over there said, hey, why don't we expose this to the consumer? And, and you know, I, I don't I, I don't know if I speak for everyone, but when I have something on its way to my house, I don't stare at the tracking screen all day, 24 seven, but you have that resource. If you need to see where it is, if you wanna see when it's coming, that digital assurance is very comforting and retaining. And so I, I think it's exciting when we look at an industry like construction, because if we are, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's unilaterally across the board, we're getting people three to 5% more right now. I, I think we're headed there. We're certainly helping them win more work. It's been, I'd say select cases where they've started to charge more and that's that's worked for them. They've gotten through more conservative bids. I think in an industry like construction that is so unpredictable and so thin margin, having a little bit of financial insulation on that front is great because you know, I'm not naive and thinking that our platform is going to fix every single issue that comes up throughout the course of construction. There are always things that are totally out of your control, delays that are deliveries that are delayed, uh, you know, weather delays that are entirely unexpected. And I, I think us having this sort of buffer allows you to stabilize your margins in a sense and, and, and be a little bit safer and start actually making more net off of your projects. Absolutely. The more data that we can collect, the more that we can communicate what's going on, the more that we can communicate as a group all, across the, uh, all the environments, uh, will certainly make for more productive job sites, more profitable job sites, happier, happier, uh, you know, subcontractors and employees uh, to those subcontractors across the board. You know, Canyon, I, I got to tell you, I am, uh, I, 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 
I love your entrepreneurial spirit. I think that this is what uh, is magical about our country right now that, uh, you know, there's great uh, innovative uh, young people coming into the business that are just coming up with some of the brightest ideas out there. And as you continue to uh, push those boundaries, you know, you are uh, today's Henry Ford, you are, you are today's uh, geniuses that are, that are just really, you've got a playground like you've never had before. And, uh, the tools that you're using to, to exploit that, uh, are phenomenal. If, if, um, if people want to come work for you or get jump on board for you or, or, or clients are looking to, to, to take you on and, and, uh, look, become a client of yours, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can go to workersense.com or honestly just email me personally. <laughs> no, no issue with that. Just Canyon, C-A-N-Y-O-N at workersense, W-O-R-K-E-R-S-E-N-S-E.com. Uh, yeah, would, would love to love to have a conversation about it. You know, as you continue to break these breakthroughs, as, as you continue to push the, the boundaries on uh, what, where these wearables can go and, and the interaction between them, uh, I, I, please come back and, and really show them off here. I, I, uh, I, I want to see them. I want to tell, tell your success. I'm I, I thoroughly impressed with pre-show with you and everything that we're doing. I'm uh, I'm grateful that you, you, you came on and uh, I look forward to seeing more of your innovation as you keep breaking through uh, this industry. Grateful for you as well. Thanks so much for having me. All right, brother. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montegi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share with your friends.